0: welcome back ladies and gentlemen to 2022 we are officially back the first live recorded podcast Dante you and I have done on the east coast uh, we had a west coast swing which we are about to d- jo- dive into uh, my tongue's a little tied from that west coast to east Coast weather oh. change uh boy is it cold
1: dude it we came home, and it, I think we left, and it was relatively decent, 30s with some snow. I mean, we obviously got into that uh, that sort of mess. I mean, we can tell the listeners that if we want. Um, but we came back, and it was in single digits. I think I got off the plane. My dad, they came and picked me up, right? We got out of Philly, and just that few hundred feet from the terminal to, you know, like the baggage claim to the car, I thought I was going to get frostbite on my hand.
0: So let's tell a funny story. You don't know this. I don't think I told you. I had trouble finding my car on the way out of Philadelphia. Oh boy. So I took a picture like every smart person should do when you park your car. What tower I was at, what level. My dumbass cut the level off of the picture. And it was just a W31. Well, I go to the, you have level, no
1: idea what level
0: I go to the level <laughs> I thought I was on and I just start clicking the key. I just start clicking the key, and I hear it. Right. I'm like, okay, burp, 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 like right around the corner, not, not right around the corner. So I make a lap around the third level of long-term parking in the parking garage right next to the Marriott in Philadelphia. I make two laps, nothing can't find, I start hitting and I'm like, holy shit, it's down. Da- it's, it's down. So I go down one full level down the carousel, like the inner circle, like dodging cars as they're coming up because I didn't know which other better way to get down with a full rolly bag, another suitcase and all of our podcast equipment. That parking lot is huge. Meanwhile, I'm in just this enjoy the walk sweatshirt and a vest in like not even 20 degree weather. I got to the car and just sat in my car once I finally found it for a good 15 minutes like warming up like I was sitting by a fire because I was frozen solid. That was my welcome back to the East Coast. What? Yep. So
1: Dalton oh, learned a very I just, valuable I lesson. Just, I'm cringing right now. I'm just, I have
0: frostbite going on. That's awful. Dalton learned a very valuable lesson. Either wear warmer clothes when you know you're coming back to Philly. Or double check your picture. Or don't fucking park at long-term parking. Dude, I'm parking at your house next time. The hell with yeah. that. We're getting we're both getting rides in. <laughs> oh, it was Holy brutal. Shit. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal.
1: And like, I'm so, sitting here complaining about my hands being cold, and, and all we had to do was walk across the street.
0: I I kid you not, that was probably the top five coldest I'd been in my lifetime. Um, Philly was brutal, it's been brutal since we got back. Um, right. but yeah that was my little fun story that I knew I wanted to say for the podcast because you didn't know about it <laughs>
1: that's wild yeah you didn't tell me that I mean I dude I got so screwed up from that trip because it was funny because we got out there and I don't think I adjusted to the west coast time at all mm-hmm. I think you and I can both agree that we stayed on East Coast time and for the listeners <laughs> I think so the long story short is our plane got canceled originally. We were supposed to get from fly from Philly to San Diego and get there midday do a bunch of stuff, get some content. Well obviously snow was coming in. They canceled our flight we ended up booking separate flights connecting We didn't pretty much arrive in the San Diego until six o'clock their time but also note we were up at 3 am East Coast time. But we still had more traveling to do as soon as we got to San Diego, and thank the Trent Feltz who picked us up. We also drove another two and a half hours out to the Palm Springs, Palm Springs area, which we got there probably, what, around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night?
0: I would say so, and I think... That's the coolest part about like all of this, guys. Dante had never been out there. I know we talked about it in the past year, but for any of us new listeners that are are, are joining us in 2022, uh, first off, welcome. Second off, Dante had never been to the Palm Springs area, and it had been what 21 years, 22 years. Well, the last,
1: yeah, it's been like 21 years. The last time I was in California, the state itself, and I think that was more in the LA Hollywood area. Sure, and we did Disneyland because my excuse me, my dad was doing work out there, and I guess he decided, well, since I'm going all the way out to California, I think it was in the summertime or something, because why don't you guys just come with me, and we kind of just basically spent the day, spent the week in California, and I don't really remember much except for visiting a house out there that my mom was like friends with from, I don't know, her childhood, I don't know, <laughs> and going to Disney, that's like all i remember
0: well and that's and, so perfect because the yeah. way we drove out there when we flew in it really wasn't light out because Mm-mm. of our canceled flights and everything yep. so we you came in blind basically to like the Completely. region the area the surroundings like all you could see was no headlights and that's all you really had uh we pulled into the indian palms intervals and it's just this kind of gaining community you can't see the mountains um and then you wake up Like, What was that like waking up in Palm Springs feeling like you just kind of transported to another world?
1: Well, the crazy thing is we still woke up around 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning.
0: (laughs) God bless Trent for dealing with a couple East coasters the
1: whole week. And good good thing he chose the other room because he would have been totally off schedule if he slept with one of us because we were up at 5 a.m. almost every single day and in bed by 8.39 just because our bodies didn't adjust. But, you know, the first day we wake up and I don't think it really clicked because the travel day was just overwhelming and mm-hmm. it, it was just a whirlwind because from Thursday night and just making sure that, oh crap, like weather's coming in. I hope I get on the connecting flight. I hope my bags get there, bags got there. And then next thing you know, we're hopping in the car and we go. And I don't think I really realized. I said, wow, okay. And I think I went outside, baby, to see <laughs> the weather. And of course, it's dark out again because we're up at 5 a.m., And then, you know, chill and relax and whatnot. And next thing I know, I decided, I think we decided to get ready and go. Mm -hmm. And we walk out and it was a jaw dropping moment. Just the beauty of that area. I mean, it's literally heaven on earth. And obviously it being kind of more a golf area, it's golf heaven on earth in the United States. And it's unbelievable. I mean, you walk out. It, it smelled and felt like a crisp uh mid-april day on the east coast um i mean next thing and then you walk out clear blue skies maybe a little bit of clouds sun's uh, shining bright and then you look off into the distance and you're kind of you feel like you're in this hole because you're just surrounded by mountains and that's something i've never seen before and it was immaculate for anyone who's never
0: been out there it really is like this insane contrast right like you know you're in the desert um like dante said spring morning in the middle of january 45 50 degrees little quarter zip on you do feel like you're just in an early spring morning on the east coast and then it gets up to almost like 80 sometimes during the day like big contrast but what's crazy is the snow-capped mountains that you can see way out in distance it's like that's really not that far. Like, it is far, but it's really not that far. And here I am sweating on a on a January afternoon, and there's snow up there.
1: Dude, it was crazy because it was – Trent was complaining how he was a little on the colder side, and we're sitting here, and the sun just seemed like it was so bright and strong. It just made things 75, 80-degree days. And I don't know if it's because just our blood was a little bit thicker and adjusted yeah. to the East Coast winter, but it almost felt more towards, like, 85. There was days – I think it was our first day. I I don't know how many times we said that we were just absolutely sweating. We felt like we were sweating. Yeah. But I mean, you can't complain when you decide to take a trip from the East coast and leave for eight to 10 days and just enjoy just perfect weather.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got so lucky to get hooked up with Eric Hoskinson and the, and the Palm Springs golf championship last year. Um, just beyond blessed that we both could go out there this year um, as, you know, the world is always crazy. It seems like after 2020. So, um, you know, and to go out there and play two courses in the gross division in PGA West, West Nicholas tournament course and PGA West stadium course. um, We got treated to best of the best conditions the entire week out there.
1: Unbelievable. I mean, definitely that those two courses are in my, top five courses I've ever played um, automatically just because of the aesthetics and the playability and just the property. And also knowing like, I think I haven't played many courses in my golf experience or timeline that have been actually hosted professional courses. Mm -hmm. And two of these are on the PGA. I've played a PGA champions course. I played an LPGA, uh, LPGA course And then these, I think, were the only courses that I've ever touched that were actual PGA courses. And it was a week out, like two weeks out, technically, technically, and they were just pristine. I thought the the courses were amazing.
0: Well, and it's always nuts to think about, right, like how low – the guys took it this past week. Now I know it was a different format. They did play a La Quinta golf course that was extremely easy. Most guys were like seven, eight, nine under par there. A couple guys flirted with fifty nine out at the La Quinta course. Like a lot of low numbers out at La Quinta, but you still got to hit your golf ball around there. And then there was guys on Sunday on a stadium course that we found pretty difficult. Uh, course condition wise, length. Uh, just overall difficulty. Rough wasn't that penalizing. That was kind of the one area of relief on the golf course out of stadium course. But like those guys still took it six, seven, eight under on a Sunday at a PGA Tour event. Um, how cool was it to just like see, walk it for yourself in a PGA Tour venue, stands up and everything, and then sit your ass in a chair all Saturday and watch them walk the same holes that you were playing a week ago?
1: Coolest part is obviously like walking the course when we were playing and just seeing the stands. Like that experience alone was was pretty dope within mm-hmm. itself. But kind of going back, you know, almost a week later, and then turn around and you know the camera really zooms in on the players. But you know you played that course and you see it, you see it, and you're like, wow, like, I remember that hole. I remember that hole, and I played that hole, and I was over there. <laughs> pretty far back or like I know like you just see and it's funny because you see where like the shots are going if they hit it way yeah. where you're like you know kind of like what's gonna happen yeah or you're like uh-oh uh-oh like he's in trouble And you see some of your playing partners have gotten trouble and whatnot but it that was really cool to say and I don't know it, it, it's just that ah moment like mm-hmm. you can't really explain express i mean you have to go there people like you 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 should sign up for the palm springs golf championship next year come out it's a hell of a time um experience that just because being able to watch that and seeing kind of how they play i mean these guys are the best of the best compared to what what you're doing kind of seeing the coolest thing was seeing what clubs they took off the tee obviously i'm not the longest hitter so i'm just pulling driver everywhere i can right but some of the holes and like the strategy that they were playing like iron off the hole and some of the lines that they were taking it's cool. Uh, it's like one of the coolest ex- uh, that was probably by far the coolest PGA experience sitting on my couch.
0: I'll tell you what what was really cool I thought was the like where they missed and how much they actually did take driver. Like there was a lot of guys that just pounded driver all over that course, especially yeah. as the windy conditions came in, but like on the first hole for example when I sat down on Saturday, Patrick Cantley and Scotty Scheffler were teeing off. They both hit just pull hooks to the left. And I hit a pool hook there in my, in our only round in the stadium course. And I was like, shit, I, I know what they're dealing with over there. Scotty hit it a little shorter than, than Patrick. And he was dealing with the same tree I dealt with in our tournament round. And it was like really cool to be like, dang, he just hit the green from there. And meanwhile, I'm like, my only option in my head was chipping out. And I felt like I was in a pretty similar scenario. So like, yeah. you're right. It's just really cool to even see when these guys miss how they navigate. Cause you know, that tree. Like you stood there, you looked at that tree. I, especially for me, I, I looked at how to navigate around that tree and couldn't find my way out. Now I probably wasn't in the same divot he was, but it's still cool to see, like they're, they're dealing with that exact scenario. And it's, it's a, it's a unique position that only playing in like the Palm Springs golf championship puts you in.
1: And another thing I I noticed too was on the second hole, a lot of guys went from iron all the way to driver. And I see a lot of drivers come off that because that's Mm -hmm. a shorter hole. And they kind of just want to get it out to where they have, you know, a hundred yards flip wedge in. And because that green kind of comes back to you and it's kind of on the smaller side. But one thing I did notice, and correct me, if you saw the same thing to me, it seemed like the stadium course was more kind of funneled in like the outside like i guess you can say the rough area were very undulated and mobile like you know mounds and funneled into the fairway as nicholas was kind of the opposite Mm -hmm. and i noticed guys were just driving the ball as far (laughs) as they can and they're like oh well i'll just slam it into the hill and the hill will catch the you know catch the speed and knock it down that definitely is
0: the unique thing i think as we talked about on our uh on our video with uh chris caballero guys if you haven't seen that uh, go take a look on our YouTube channel. Enjoy the walk golf podcast. We did a, a walkthrough of the fourth hole on Nicholas tournament course with the director of golf, the head professional out there, Chris Caballero. Um, and we had some fun. Uh, we talked about the little nuances of the Nicholas course compared to some of the differences of the courses out there compared to Norman compared to stadium course and how that Nicholas course really does funnel off into these collection areas and make you hit shots that you're not comfortable with because you can't see the landing zone and especially around the greens. That's, that's a big kind of hassle to have to deal with. And it's kind of the reverse. Like you just said, there's these Hills that funnel towards the fairways and towards the greens at stadium and, and almost promotes these players to go low.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird because I think it was funny. Cause I know Trent was saying, he goes, yeah, Pete died. Like he kind of like mine, he like plays the Jedi mind tricks and it's, it's like, you got to be aggressive, but stay conservative at the same time. And it just seemed these guys just said, screw it. I'm just going to go, as, go as, as aggressive as I possibly can. And it, it, it was really cool to see. And I know you caught more, from my experience, I caught more uh, TV time with the stadium course than I saw with the Nicholas. So I didn't quite catch to see how the players were really strategizing that because right. I think just the way broadcasting, they really wanted to showcase stadium as like they do every year. Um, But it it was interesting to see just how aggressive some of their plays were.
0: No, it really was. And I think that's when you when I mean, you and I watch a lot more golf than the average folk, I feel like. Um, (laughs) But when you when you start to realize what these guys thrive at, it is putting the pedal to the metal like all day all day, every day. Um, They're firing at pins. They're firing off the tee box to put themselves in position. Even on, like, that long par three, 225, number six on the stadium course. Yeah. These guys were firing at pins and, like, hitting these big slinging cuts if they were a right-hander, hitting these big slinging draws as left hand, like, out over the water. I mean, it was impressive to watch those guys sling it from that far out on a par three.
1: That was very – you're right. That was very interesting because, obviously, that was – I don't know if they played a little bit forward at the same tees we did because I know the par threes they they section off the tee box to make it uh, um, pristine for the players because they didn't sure. want us to chew it up. And I think we played all the way back because I think TV had it at like two thirty something, and we had it almost like two forty. I don't know; it's ridiculous. But and it's I mean it's intimidating because it, it slings off to the right and it's just all water, or it slings off to the left and it's all water to the right, and you really can't see kind of the. Platform of the green, but these guys are just slinging, like you said, cuts in there, and they were just hitting like the front edge of the green and just trickling to the hole. And you think like, oh, you know what? I'll just play it out far as left possible, either chip it on and just get my three and keep moving. They're like, now I'm making bird.
0: Yeah, or that's, at least that's attempting. The, and that's what made it so fun to watch. I mean, let's talk a little bit before we get into where else we stopped on the trip about the coverage out at at the Amex and, and how fun it was like, right. Like you and I both downloaded the PGA tour live app, which is now run and produced by ESPN plus. So, which I
1: found out this, that this past weekend which was
0: new news to Dante. So for those new who news, don't know, great news. um, the PGA tour live app. And I think we've had this discussion time and time again, over the last couple of years, even when I worked in the architecture firm back in like 2017, 2018, It went from NBC to NBC Gold to Peacock to you know it bounced around a little bit and you kind of realized as it was bouncing around there was some growing pains in that PGA Tour Live app. Like it wasn't the best at times. You saw an hour straight of putts at times. Like it just wasn't good coverage. Your feature group was like just not even barely on the on the screen. It just wasn't great coverage. And and I think hopefully we're one for one right. Like we've done good Mm -hmm. through one tournament so let's not hype it up too big but espn plus killed it at an event where there was three different golf courses to put coverage on tv now i know people are saying it's easier because you got guys playing all at once and there's more coverage to show during that time slot but even on the saturday sunday round when like it was just one course or two courses the coverage never stopped especially on the feature group that you watch
1: yes and uh- Going back to kind of what you're saying, people kind of, I guess you can say, saying, nah, like, if it's just one course, you're not going to get as much coverage, but mm-hmm. they had enough team there to coverage a lot of golf at three different courses. So clearly they sure. had the staff to handle that broadcasting a- aspect. So it might be even better when it comes to, like, say this weekend, coming up the Farmers Insurance, but just at Tory Pines, right? We'll see there. Um, probably going to kill it as well. But one thing that like, I noticed was I purchased it immediately because I was just waiting because obviously it's West Coast time, so you have to wait till like, the middle of the day. And it was literally – the golf was coming on at the same time all the NFL games were on. Yeah, yeah. And I know my girlfriend was like, well, I kind of want to watch football. And I was like, oh. And I I was like, yeah, I'm just waiting for the coverage. And you're like, <laughs> oh, buddy, I'm already watching it. And I said, huh? I said, where are you watching? You're like PJ Tour Live. I said, where the hell would you get that? You go, ESPN Plus. I said, all right. Purchase it immediately. Logged <laughs> on my laptop, had my laptop on the, uh, you know, on the coffee table. My feet kicked up and I had both views of football and, and golf on. I love it. But when you go on like ESPN Plus, you can, which great is obviously it's, it's ESPN Plus. Like you can watch whatever sport that's on. Yep. So, you know, you had like the little streaming spot and it shows you all the games that are live. And there was four for the golf, four or five, because there was um, two featured groups. Yep. Then there was just whatever they were broadcasting, I guess, whatever their broadcast was. And then they had the signature, hole, the two signature holes, San Andreas hole 16 and Alcatraz 17. Yep. So I just took the main one just to see multiple players. <laughs> that kind of ended early and then it switched over And I just basically followed the feature group and it was Tony Finau and um, uh, Jason Day and then somebody else. I watched them play one through 18 and saw every single one of their shots. See, that blows
0: my mind in itself that you saw every single shot,
1: every single shot. And what's great, too, is however they did it in the broadcasting booth. They didn't delay anything. Mm-hmm. I mean at times when they were waiting for the green they would kind of keep the camera on them and if they can get the mics up close to see if they were discussing anything with their caddy, but majority of the time it was Jason they hit a shot, then Tony fino hit a shot. Like immediately. It was just shot for shot and I thought that was amazing and I'm pretty sure they were editing so it wasn't fully live live. Yeah. You know like you know sometimes your everything's a little bit delayed, but it and it was just shot for shot. And one of the best things that I love because one thing that I get very frustrated with um, any type of like golf broadcasting is uh-huh. all they do is just show like 90% of them on the greens putting and chipping. Yeah. Yep. Like, I want to see these guys just go after it and hit the driver and hit more like iron mm-hmm. shots. And it was all around just perfect. I think honestly, they had more iron shots into the greens than anything else, which to me is what I, may- I mainly want to watch, especially with like the shot tracer technology these days. Yep. Hands down. Best at home viewing experience with PGA Tour professional golf, golf in general.
0: I tell you it was really crazy because I watched a lot of that Scotty Scheffler uh Patrick Cantley grouping as well because I love watching Cantley play. Um Some people consider him paint drying. I consider him a pretty damn good player. So I like watching him. Um, And they did the same thing with that grouping. It was every shot. They didn't miss a beat. And I don't know if some of them were taped and they just timed it perfectly or what, but it seemed like every time they came back, they were getting into their routines. You heard a little discussion between the caddy and they went and hit their shot. And then they finished out. And you saw their drive and their iron shot. And then they finished out. At, and, like, the commentating was what I wanted to say commendable too because the guys that were behind the quote-unquote booth or the mics or whatever for this PGA Tour Live commentating, they weren't, like, over the top. They weren't obtrusive. They weren't, like, saying dumb shit just to, like, have a hot mic moment. They were, like, commenting on the facts at hand and letting that be. They were actually more quiet than, like, not, which yeah, I it love. was.
1: It was extremely quiet because you can kind of more hear the sounds at the course, and you can hear kind of the chatter in the background from people just, you know, there at the course watching these guys. And, and yeah, they would just, it was quiet. You would hear a shot. Sometimes they wouldn't even say anything, Uh -uh. which was kind of cool. Or they, and then they would speak, you know, speak their minds a little bit, but like you said, they were just spitting facts. It was almost as a fact that you could have been listening to the radio and they were just giving you, Oh, Dalton took seven iron and hit it to, I don't know, six feet right side of green. You know, it reminded me of a lot moving
0: when we, when we listened to the open championship radio and it was like that, you know, you could hear the shots. They put the live audio behind it, but then they were commentating afterward. It was perfect. So kudos to ESPN plus for doing an incredible job on uh, on the coverage of PGA Tour Live out at the Amex. It was a joy to watch. Um, I Now that I am a subscriber, I am going to be watching as much golf as possible and hoping to see exactly what I saw out at the Amex because I think it was perfect case in point of how good golf coverage can be had without going over the top.
1: And you're right. And you know what? I, I probably will be watching a lot more golf um, this season just because I can capture probably – three hours worth of live TV golf channel coverage in an hour just by watching maybe two players. It doesn't have to be, I don't have to watch everybody. I just (laughs) want to get a good feel of what the course looks like. See what these guys are playing. See, they kind of study them a little bit, kind of see their swings or study kind of how they manage the course, that specific course and just, you know, learn and experience that. And I can go about my business rather than watching someone putt, see maybe 15 minutes of commercials, watch a chip, then watch another putt, then watch Mm. 10 minutes of commercials (laughs) and do that for three, four hours. Like everybody's got shit they want to do, but at the same time, people want to, you know, they want to experience, you know, a good, a good sporting performance. And I think they, I hope they just hold on to that for a while.
0: Yeah. So kudos to them. Like you said, Uh, I hope we see more of it. And uh, I hope we get to watch more great golf coverage like that because I'm excited for what they did out at the Amex. Um, and my it might have been our little bit of bias that we were so excited to watch it anyway. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to keep it uh, definitely keep it on a short string. So maybe they weren't doing that great. We were just too excited, but who knows? <laughs> well, getting back to the trip, man. Let's talk about um, you know obviously we wrapped up Nicholas Stadium, Nicholas. Uh, we talked about. Uh, the Palm Springs golf championship in itself. We didn't get to talk about the mountain dunes course though. And your oh, first man. experience with that just beautiful piece of property cut right up against the mountains.
1: And I know we didn't get the, pl- I mean, I played like two holes. So we played this thing called the horse race and based on your handicaps, like the lowest handicap gets paired with the highest <laughs> handicap. And like, it works its way back to the middle. And then you guys play true alternate shot. And then everybody gets to play two holes and then the aggregate score. Then you like, Knock out people, and then then you play hole for hole and knock out. Dalton here ended up winning it with his partner, whoop which whoop. was pretty sick to see. Me and my thirty
0: one um, handicap partner, which yeah. I don't even know if that's possible, but it was at this event.
1: <laughs> yeah So I only got to play two holes out of that course, but it was awesome to actually be on the property. And Dalton went there the year before, and some of the pictures that he posted majority was the mountain mountain dunes course Mm -hmm. and i immediately was front sitting you know on the east coast i said dude where is that you're like oh that's the mountain course i said that's literally in the mountain you said yeah i know i was like i need to play that course i think i wanted to play that course Uh, unfortunately i didn't get to play like full 18 but next year i'm going to make sure i take some time out of the week um to to go play that because Mm -hmm. the, the gross division for us we played nicholas stadium nicholas um Obviously, PGA Tour courses, but that course looked like so much fun. I mean, you were literally in the mountain, and the craziest thing—we played it kind of late in the afternoon. We did. And as soon as the wind, uh, the sun went down, and you were talking about the snow caps on the mountain, it dropped fifteen degrees.
0: It really did. It got cold quick. Um, I mean, just, let's talk a little bit more about that horse race real quick too, because there were so many incredible elements. Like we played in this serious amateur tournament in the morning, right? Like very, you got to go out and score, especially in our division, we were in the young guns division. So it was like 30 and under or 35 and under uh, and all like a lot of scratch golfers, low digit handicaps, single digit handicaps. Um, so really competitive golf. Right. And then you head out to the mountain dunes course and it's just like, everyone's got drinks galore in the cart, the cart, the cart is the Where beverage the party running. The music's flowing. Like it was just an incredible atmosphere. And I think people look sometimes maybe look at the Palm Springs golf championship and is like, Oh, like I, I couldn't play in that. It's too serious for me or whatever. And it's like, you know, they look at the side we show, but there's also a net event that played out at classic club and the mountain dunes course that seemed like they're just a party 24 seven. Um, they they seemed like they were that horse race mentality the entire week they were out there in Palm Springs.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and Eric says this too. I mean, obviously the company that, you know, he w- works at it, His companies is fun golf vacations, you know, everything's supposed to be fun and that's what he tries to hit. And the cool thing, I, I one of the experiences I took out is, now PJ West has like multiple courses, right? Yeah. But they're not all at one location. There may be a couple minute drive down the road or like, they're not, you're not all there. So mm-hmm. there's multiple divisions, men's, women's, gross, handicap, you name it, right? Yep. So, and then they play different courses. So majority of them were playing more with uh, the mountains dunes um, and then some of the other ones. And, you know, we were pretty much strictly at Stadium Nicholas all Mm -hmm. week. And the cool thing is, I think that Sunday, uh, they had kind of a cocktail kickoff party started. Like everybody that wanted to, you can go to kind of check in. And that's where you kind of saw some people. Mm -hmm. And then the tournament started. And then like Monday, you went went where you had the bay for your tournament played and then you know we're out there grinding and next thing you know you know we didn't have the best around so we're now back on the range grinding some more absolute um,
0: grind mode the first couple days. like you, you don't know where any of
1: the bottom line is you don't know where any of these people are yep and then the second day you play around and then you go have fun and that's where everybody kind of just comes together and you're like oh like cool like this is awesome like it's not just the 20 guys that we have in our division or whatnot right. the only ones that we really see and then half the times you didn't even see half have those guys you probably just played <laughs> with like three others and that was it that's so true right so you there's actually this huge tournament going on this huge camaraderie and then that's the coolest part is like next thing you know you go to like the first and second hole and you 50 carts just roll in <laughs> and then they're just saying hi and everybody just relaxes The the tension in your shoulders just like relieve itself and you're like, man, that like, Oh wow. I'm out. I'm about to have some true fun. You know, I'm I'm not grinding anymore. And you're right. Drinks are in hand. I think you went to the bar and you came out. I think you had, you had like three in each hand and you just trying to hold tight on them. But that, that was a lot of fun. And just watching golf balls fly all over the place was hilarious. Cause I, I think, think Eric- the
0: best part for me was that like relaxing and like drinking atmosphere. Right. Like, cause during the tournament, the first couple of days, I didn't really drink much cause it was, it was grind mode. We were podcast mode. Like we were trying to mm-hmm. prep. Um, so when, when we finally like got to that point and I saw everyone was like drinking and buzzing and having a good time, I was like, I'm gonna have my, myself a couple of seltzers. Now, typical California fashion, they didn't have high noons. They had these like organic vodka seltzers, but, you know, no- nonetheless, they were pretty tasty. Um, and I was able to have, you know, two or three during the night and then end up having a, two, a couple, two or three more. Uh, once we got like whole five, whole six, we just kept playing. And I'm like, holy crap, we're still in this thing. Yeah. Um, so we just, we just kept buzzing the whole night long and, you know, crazy lucky enough to end up winning it with my partner. So shout out to her. I forget her name, but God bless her. She was a saint. She made, like, a 20-footer for us to stay in it on the second hole. And then from there, it was just all vibes.
1: (laughs) You truly hand and egged it because, you know, you're playing with a stranger that you just meet probably for the first time. Yeah. Um, And then next thing you know, you're told, like, all right, you're going to play true alternate shot. Pick the first player who's going to hit, and then it's alternate shot from there. So you don't know this player's game. You don't know – What's going to happen, and it, it seemed like you guys truly hand and egged It's like you hit this, you hit your shot, and she hit hers. And I, at the end of the you know nine holes, or however long it took, you guys came out victorious. I think you guys had it, th- it was a tie though, right? You did a chip off,
0: we had a chip off, and God bless this old man. He, I think, he carried his team through like the entire eight and a three quarter holes. Um, and we get to this chip off and like, I was like, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? So we like flip a tee and it comes to me. So I'm like, Oh shit, this old man's probably going to finesse me and just have like godly short game. Right. So I hit one, hit a little firm. It went like four feet past. And I don't know if he just had maybe one too many to drink while he was out there, but the poor guy flubs it never makes it to the green. So we ended up winning it was a tough shot though.
1: It was an extremely tough shot. Cause it was it was what downhill mm-hmm. into like, and it kind of sloped away. Yeah. So it was, it was a tricky, touchy feely shot. So, but you know, again, hats off. Um, That was pretty dope for the wind. So, I mean, why not?
0: It was, it and, was pretty uh, dope. I got to hat- take 500 bucks and take it out the yeah. Rams Hill.
1: <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what next year I'm making sure I, I block off some time to play 18 at mountain.
0: I tell you what, one of those spots, like we're going to talk about Rams Hill in a little bit here, but when we talk about Mountain Dunes course, it really is a special spot, unlike any of the other courses out there at PJ West. Um, It's a little bit more quaint. It's got a little less like pomp and circumstance feel to it and more of just like a, hey, I could probably like have the vibe of playing with some buddies. It's still got the PJ West vibe. Like you're still out in paradise. You're out in the mountains. It's nuts. Uh, and the it's neighborhood
1: cu- just to drive through to go to that property was insane.
0: It was. I mean, I, I think it probably like timeshares galore or like condos galore. Um, just what you would dream of retiring to.
1: Definitely golf. I, I told my parents, I said, uh, I'm, I'm moving out there one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those spots, guys, where if you wrap up your if you end up going to Palm Springs um, and, and playing in the Palm Springs Golf Championship, find a way to go out at, at Mountain Dunes course and play in something more than just the horse race, because the horse race is incredible, but you got to play all 18. Definitely. Yeah. So, guys, I mean, that while we talk about the Palm Springs Golf Championship, um, if you want more information, go to www.fungolfvacations.com. Uh, you can check out everything from the Palm Springs Golf Championship uh, to the Battle on the Desert, which is uh, an awesome tournament. Like a, I think it's a, a two-man event that they have out there in Palm Springs as well. Um, Eric runs all kinds of tournaments out in the Palm Springs area. So whether you want to get out in the beginning of the year, January 9th through the 12th is usually when the Palm Springs Golf Championships happens. Uh, and then April 30th through the May 7th is the uh, Battle in the Desert. Again, a two-man event there. And then they have a shootout in May, a shootout at PGA West uh, in May 8th through the 12th. So Eric runs all kinds of really cool events out there. You can stay at the condominiums. You can stay just about anywhere uh, in, the, in the Indian Palms intervals um, and just have yourself a blast because Palm Springs just offers golf like unlike anything else in the country. Yeah.
1: Dude, it's, again... Words can't describe. Get yourself out there. Go check it out. Go stay and play. Totally worth it. thousand percent.
0: Well, as we're speaking of golf that is unlike anything else in the country, uh, we got to talk about Rams Hill. Dante, that was your first time. Ever on the property, um, I got lucky enough to play it. Actually, when I was in college, somehow our coach found out about it at Marywood. Me and your, me and your buddy Polly Walnuts went out there and played it. Uh, I played it the year after that, so I played it two years in college, and then played it last year with uh, with Trent as well. So, what the I mean, what the heck was your first thought just walking into Rams Hill?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, this is the first time we actually traveled throughout the the state mm-hmm. in daylight. Um, So, right there and then, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but they said, dude, wait till you get here. It's literally, you drive through no man's land, and next thing you know, there's just a random golf course in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Well, little did I know, you guys are right. And we legit drive through the desert. I mean, it is like some breaking bad shit dude like if you <laughs> ever watch breaking bad yes and he's driving that rv in the middle of nowhere that's what we did i mean just rocks galore if you broke down you're screwed um but as we got closer i thought the coolest thing a lot of things that people like to do is they did have rvs dune buggies can they're big campers and they would just yeah. park on the side of the road and they would just chill out in the desert and just camp. i thought that was really cool as we were coming more into the town into borrego springs and you know here we go we make this left into the property and there's some there are some people that live in actual homes out there which is wild and you know a little quick story uh the um food and beverage manager who got to talking he's he lives four minutes down the road and I asked him where his local stores he goes to if he needs to get like main essentials and he said an hour and a half either east or west I said wow that's wild because yeah but I make I make do um but do we put, roll up in this property and By far, again, I mean, one of the sickest courses we've ever played. I I just thought, one, the fact that it's just in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, You're kind of like playing on like this gorgeous property, and it's just – it makes it extra green because there's nothing green around it. And I thought that was pretty wild. There's little cacti everywhere and and like little bushes, and and I wasn't playing the best all week, and – I was like, oh, I'm just gonna just go off. And they're like, well, don't do that because you might get lost. So you might get bit by a rattlesnake or or a scorpion. And
0: Trent had like, you on the rattlesnake and scorpion train. All I really day long. wanted to just
1: like see one. And and Trette's like, dude, like don't let karma bite you in the ass because you're gonna like keep cool. I was like, I I totally want to just like see one like walking around. Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, maybe that was a good thing. Uh, but did the clubhouse rolling into the clubhouse is just immaculate the putting green was great and then you just like look off into the first hole and you just kind of look off into this beautiful hole yeah. and there's nothing <laughs> there's just nothing around you
0: it, it really is crazy and like to to also be able to see uh the couple of, like almost artifacts of golf courses in past before this new golf course took shape out at Rams Hill. Um, is just even more fascinating like to know that there was a golf course there previously, the redesign is just incredible. The layout now from Tom Fazio is just wild. Uh, some of the golf holes are just like out of this world. Um, when you looked at like the condition of the place compared to a uh, PGA West or to, a uh, the stadium Nicholas course, like, it compares. I mean, it almost sometimes outshines some of the conditions.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going playing like these PGA pristine courses that they're getting prepped mm-hmm. for the PGA Tour a week later, and then you got here in the middle of nowhere where water is also scarce. I mean, these houses have these big, like, tubes, like these big old things next to them that restore water. So they, they recycle water out there just like that alone, and then for able to upkeep – the course to basically be as pristine as these as the nicholas and and stadium course is hands down unbelievable i don't know how they do it i'm no agronomist but it, it it's wild to see that fact i mean the the greens were just great i mean everything was just perfect it was it was a hell of a time
0: yeah and it's actually wild if you guys go back to our season three like episode two or three uh we actually get into it with harry turner uh he talks about that recycling of water and how they do it. And there's some private wells that they use to get the water initially, but then they use solar to run the pumps to re recycle the water. And it's just this crazy cool like life cycle that they use on the property, uh, which is really wild. Um, we'll get into it with Trent as well on next week's episode, but there's a really cool uh, halfway house little treat uh i don't yes. want to spoil it for listeners for next week but uh there's a really cool opportunity to have yourself some uh some rams hill cuisine i at thought, the turn.
1: i thought that was kind of the coolest thing because you kind of cross the street by the clubhouse go to nine play nine and then you come down and then in order to play 10 there's like this little rocky driveway and you just i didn't know where i was going because it's the three of us you and trent were in the <laughs> cart yeah that's right we walked we rode um we were we were enjoying ourselves at this time we went we went on business then we were like let's just enjoy ourselves so we're just having a relaxing around you guys took off and I'm like am I at the right hole? I sat there for a good couple minutes and I had no idea where I was at I said hold on let me drive and you drive down this like little like hill and next thing you know that's the halfway house I thought that was like a really cool design on how they did it and then you just just drove back up played 10 and continued on and then when you came back I don't know what hole that was, but there's the halfway house again. So you kind of hit it twice, Mm -hmm. but it's in like the perfect spot. I thought that was a real cool design. It was, uh, I I really want to talk about the special treat, but I'm going to keep that a little silent for the, for the next episode, but keep it there.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, keep you you coming back for a
1: little more. (laughs) Yeah. But now that, that course was a lot of fun. Um, It's great because it's challenging for your, you know, your low handicap player, but it's very playable and scoreable at all, all levels.
0: Yeah, it It really was was, like, there's not a lot on the course, unless you're way, way out of like the path um, that puts you in an insane danger of losing a golf ball. Um, One of the things we talked about with Trent in, in next week's episode, but I think it just, if we have to bring it up now. Um, it's just the ability for like every hole to kind of be in its own element. Like you, you feel like you're so separated from hole to hole that you're almost secluded on every golf shot.
1: Yeah. You didn't, I mean, it was, I, I can say it was probably pretty busy when we were there um playing on a mm-hmm. Thursday, Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning, Friday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. I, I lost track of days, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It seemed like every hole that we were on, it was just the three of us. Yep. And if really there was. were people like somewhere in in the area, you didn't really hear them. You may have saw them, but it, it's I like that secludedness hole for hole. It kind of has a – I mean, I've never played it, but I heard it's done kind of the same way. Pine Valley has that. It's like that hole you're on, that's the hole you only see. And, you know, Rams Hill did that pretty well without trees.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of those like crazy phenomenons that is just a, I think it's a nod to uh, the Fazio design and the way he was able to just kind of work that golf course around um, around the property in a way to just like create that feeling of, of uh, just being on your own, which I think is a really cool atmosphere when you're in a foursome or a threesome, like to just be with those four people and like enjoy your day with those four, no matter like who, no matter who else on the golf course is a really cool feeling. I don't know.
1: It was awesome. That's all I have to say. It was awesome.
0: I love it. I it love was
1: it. too fucking good.
0: Well, as we wrapped up the show, we went or the the, the trip, we went back towards San Diego with Trent. Uh, we had good eats down in the uh, down in the San Diego area, and we got another, out Aviara.
1: Another wild drive to get there. We left, we left Rams Hill at night and literally drove through winding mountains. And
0: dude, <laughs> was like, there was Trent's a point. Like, there was a point I thought Trent was going to kill us. Um, Trent was also uh, Trent was also very tired, so that didn't help his aspect of, you know, killing us. But well, the
1: wall of the mountain looked pretty close. After one I'm turn. telling you,
0: we almost became one with the mountain. Um, t-
1: oh, man. And especially for someone who's never been in the area or has knows that drive, it, it, it's kind of, um, if you're not, by, and not nothing against Trent's driving, but if you're not behind the wheel and you don't know where the hell you're going... I mean, I, it yeah. was just, it was very, it, it was very interesting. It was a lot of uh, big old loops around this mountain. And I think he said, like, if you were to draw, draw a straight line, it should only take you 30 minutes. It took us
0: an Almost hour and 15 because an and... we
1: had to go yeah. through up and down the mountain to get back to San Diego. But yeah, we got to play Aviar, which was an absolute gem. Again, never been to San Diego, woke up the next morning, not knowing what the area looked like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I mean, and, and how cool is it too? this trip? We got to play uh, a PGA co- tour course. We got to play Aviara, which is home of the LPGA Kia Classic being rebranded this year. So they'll have a new uh, sponsor this up and coming year. But it's really cool to see kind of the contrast between a PGA style course and, a, and an LPGA tour course. Because I want to I want to dive into this aspect of it. I think there is some glaring differences um, of Huge. Aviara compared to the PGA courses that we played earlier in the week
1: huge i mean just alone i mean we always you can just go back to the distance debate Mm -hmm. right it seems like the pga the men's side of things they're constantly on these courses that are just open and flat and hard as rocks and they can just it's just bomb wedge bomb wedge like the bombing guys they want like i guess that electric excitement but then you go to like somewhere like aviara and it's these it's like off in the San Diego kind of like mountains, it's uphill, downhill. Yep. There's tight, it's very precise. Like you have to be very accurate off the tee. Now, like the first hole, right? It from the cart to like kind of like your uh, your yardage book, it, it looks like oh, it's pretty decent, mm-hmm. but it's not. That first tee shot is tight to the eye. And it's actually punishing, too, because bunkers come into play, it tightens up a little, and then it hooks left, and then everything kind of, like, slopes back down towards, like, the water over there that's not even in play and, the like, the trees and, like, the woodsy area. Dude, It, it it's pretty wild that the – how the LBGA courses seem to hold their tournaments are a lot on these courses that you really have to be pinpoint accurate.
0: It is, and it, it's one of those things where I know – uh Trent and Mike who Mike mag. So we ended up getting to play with as well, which was an absolute treat. Uh, awesome. shout out to Mike mags. And, and, you know, I hope to get him on the podcast here again in the spring. Um, they made mention a lot of times where we played from different tee boxes than where the women would play, um, which I think was a massive sight line difference, right? Like you mentioned it on the first hole, um, that tee shot from the first hole where we played it all the way back, which I think they said is where the women play. So pretty tough, Opening hole for the women, that tee shot looks like you have like five yards to land it, or you're just screwed yeah. both ways.
1: Nothing. Or if you try and play it through, you're going in the bunker. Yeah. Which where's <laughs> where I played. <laughs> Which where you went? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then even the second shot in, you didn't really see how big the green was. You didn't really have much, much to play with. You just said, "Where's the flag? See the top of the flag, and just kind of hitting hope." So, yeah. uh, but that course was just. To the views on every single hole, every single hole was insane. And you see like these nice as big as San Diego mountain uh, mansions on the mountain. And the, the hole just kind of like goes up just flowers. And I don't know, just trees and just, you want to talk about taking a camera. I, that's a place you want to go. And start just it, the crazy, cool, and the
0: crazy cool contrast was like, there's some elevation change on the Nicholas and Stadium course. Don't get me wrong, but nothing compared to the mountains that no. Adiara is cut into. There's some par hmm. fives that played like 540, but really played like 640, almost 700 yards because they were so yeah. uphill. We were hitting driver, three wood, iron into into that uphill par five. I mean, that one. Was... Of the elevation changes back down. They're like a two club difference. It was it was impressive to see the elevation change out there.
1: That was especially kind of like that par five you were talking about. It was extremely uphill. Well, one, it was gradually uphill, leg right, and then it was severely uphill. Then you had to go up even further to get to the next hole, which was a par three. And then if you decided to stand on that tee box and look back, you can see how deep that was and how far you climbed up that kind of like that hill slash mountain For sure. and then carried your way back to the next par four <laughs> and you guys pretty much like it was so downhill that you guys almost like drove the green which yeah, is wild which i
0: think is probably one of the coolest things like to be able to go out there and watch that tournament from a uh, from a spectator standpoint when the ladies play there um that has to be just one of the most fun places to go to go watch an event because there's so much that can happen. I mean, there's a lot of of holes out there where if you hit a good tee shot, you can go score.
1: I mean, you can easily have flip wedge in your hand. But if you miss, you're screwed.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I thought the greens ran some of the best we played all week, too. I mean, no no disrespect to any of the courses we played all week. Just Aviara was in that incredible shake, I, shape. I even remember hearing Mike Mag say a couple times, like, man, I've been out here a bunch before because he's a San Diego native. And like, this is some of the best course conditions I've ever seen it in. Like Aviara is just prime time right now uh, and open to the public. So if you guys are out in the San Diego area, go check out Aviara. Yeah, that
1: was that's definitely, of course, I would like to make um, a return visit if we get when we get back out there again.
0: Oh, you, and me, both, man! Uh, I'm just excited to kind of have for our listeners some of the interviews that we set up uh, during our time out there. Uh, you guys can look forward to uh, Jason Hahn from the Southern California Golf Academy on our show coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, you guys can look forward to an Aviar a- episode. You guys can look forward to a Rams Hill episode. Uh, we'll be having next week a Trent Felt special. We'll be having a, uh, a superintendent from the PGA Tour join us to talk agronomy and everything that goes into the PGA Tour and the setups of the courses and how he travels to some of the world's craziest, coolest, destinations nations to set up tournaments for these guys uh so just really excited to bring this kind of west coast flavor to our to our listeners and to you guys uh and i hope you guys enjoyed us recapping our trip because uh there's not much to talk about flying home because there was not much to happen to come back to icy cold east coast
1: dude the only thing that happened was the fact that i was never adjusted <laughs> to the west coast times i was like oh, okay i'll sleep yeah. on the plane because we took a red eye didn't get much sleep on the plane, dude. That screwed my entire sleep schedule up. I think we, we talked about, it. we came home, passed <laughs> out for like the next two days. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was rough. We but definitely
0: it was, made it a business trip of all golf trips, if that makes sense. We were right. up from sunlight to sundown and then some playing some golf. So, I um, mean, when you're up. When you're on the
1: East Coast and you, you know you're taking a week to go out to sunny California where it's mm-hmm. 75 and clear skies every day, you might as well just be on the the golf course, sun up to sundown. Because and then we just headed back, basically ate dinner, crashed, and repeat until it was time to go home. And I and think repeat. that was the best part. <laughs> and there's nothing better to do, especially when you're going to come back knowing that the East Coast is pretty much snow covered and. 20 degrees and it it, that's the kind of the lives we live at the moment, but Mm -hmm. you know, enjoyed it. We enjoyed it as much as we can and just got took full advantage of our opportunity to take, to get a break from the damn cold and play some golf.
0: Man. I'm telling you guys, join us next year for the Palm Springs golf championship. Uh, I don't care how good you are at golf or how good you aren't at golf. Come out and play, play the net division, play whatever, just, play just come out and enjoy the warm weather How even if you already live in warm weather enjoy the atmosphere that is palm springs we had so many guys that were from like the arizona and colorado area and utah and las utah. vegas area like so many of those guys who already kind of came from playing golf and they were just coming to play more golf Um, you don't have to be from the East coast to go travel out and make this event fun. Um, That's the best part about it. The camaraderie and you meet so many good people out here. Um, It's just a crazy cool event with a great vibe. Um, And I just cannot talk enough about it.
1: Well, I mean, the only time I look forward to January of next year,
0: (laughs) we're already counting down the days. I love it guys. I love it. Well, as always guys, you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Uh, Check out the latest merch drops from us. Check out the latest podcasts, the latest YouTube videos. Uh, We do update our YouTube videos as often as possible when we do shoot them. So go take a look as all of our podcasts are put up on YouTube about a week after our audio release. So go check them out as well, guys. Uh, You can go to at enjoy the walk pod on Instagram and Twitter um, as we always chop it up in the comment section there. So uh, go follow us, go uh, spread the word about enjoy the walk as we've got some really really fun thing set up for 2022 and we hope you guys join us along the way so as always guys get out there carry your clubs and enjoy the walk